25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey! Well, we had an interesting time around here during the changeover from hour one to hour two of the show. We listened to the Squidbillies. <laughs> and they're hilarious. Roger and I did. Don't you think for one second that all we ever do is hard work? And it is hard work, and it's constant work for Roger in the radio world, because he not only works on this show, but just about all the rest of them. Um, but don't think for a second we won't take five minutes every now and then to to YouTube something. And that was fun. That was fun. I, I, had, I had heard that uh, Auburn song, but I did not know where it came from. Where it came from. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, man. The Squidbillies are weird. The whole thing's weird. That's another one. that, Like somebody said, who was it that was it? Was it Bully Bill on the Country Pleasing Text line? Yeah. Mushrooms. Somebody's on mushrooms coming up with some of the ideas they came up with for that Cartoon Network late night stuff. But the voice. I'm just just thinking, what about all the people who haven't heard it? We we probably should let them hear what, you know, a cleaned up version. Yeah. What what they say? I got rid of that last word. Okay. So you got rid of it. So that's the only one, right? So what is this? This is the, the Auburn thing? Yeah. All right. So Auburn fans, don't be offended. This is strictly. A cartoon character on a late night <laughs> Cartoon Network show called The Squidbillies, where the main character is a guy named it is actually a squid named Early, who's a big Georgia fan, therefore he hates Auburn. And here's what he sounds like. Oh, give me a sec. Here we go. Swing and a miss. Let's go, Early. I like driving in my truck. He likes to drive in his truck. Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. I like driving in my truck. He likes to drive in his truck. Uh, Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. <laughs> I like trucks. He likes trucks. I don't uh, I don't care for Auburn. He doesn't care for Auburn. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And he's got the the accent and. <laughs> There's the guy who does the voice on that character. The is, auto-tune is incredible. Isn't it great? The guy who does the voice on that character his, is something Hinton, like H-I-N-T-O-N. And he, he's like a a very eccentric musician with kind of a cult following, I want to say, in Georgia. But anyway, you'd have to kind of look that up and, and see. But so, the voice so that might like, be an authentic Georgia accent. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's no doubt. That's one thing about that particular show. Auburn. <laughs> That's one thing about that particular show. The voice, whoever's doing those voices, it is absolutely, without question, no doubt about it, 100% people 
who have spent lots uh, and lots of time in Georgia and in the southeastern United States. Southwest Georgia. I mean, it's... Where they film Deliverance. It's genuine. They know right where the Okoe is. (laughs) They know. So do we. That's sad. What's that say about us? Okay, and to give you a clue. Now, look, this thing's off the rails. If you're listening to this right now and you're a normal listener to the show, you just tuned in, your head is spinning. You're like, first of all, is this Matt? Secondly, what the heck is this? Okay, it's... You just got to understand, it's one of these stream of consciousness things on the radio today that one conversation led to another and another. Now we're talking about some shows that came on the the late night Adult Swim portion of Cartoon Network, and uh, one of them's called the Squidbillies, okay? So the guy, Bulldog Wes, on the Country Pleasing text line, says the guy who did that voice, his name is Unknown Henson. Not Hinton, it's Henson. Unknown Henson. He dresses as a vampire with sideburns in a Texas troubadour suit and can play Jimi Hendrix on a guitar like nobody's business. That's from Bulldog West. You see, I told you. Eccentric it doesn't even that. touch it. <laughs> it does not even touch it. Um, it's SpongeBob SquarePants for grown people. It's kind of what it is. Tyler was talking about another one that came on there called Harvey Birdman. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's it's crazy. Anyway, let's get it on the tracks, shall we? Or we'll try to. Back here on the show, in the Farm Bureau studio, connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, they are customer inspired. You can be a part of the show. Take out your C Spire phone and text me on the country pleasing text. It is 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Text me and just might... Communicate with you that way. Uh, call me. I always enjoy hearing your voice on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Divinity phone is 995-1059. It's a 601 number also, 995-1059. Tweet me at Radio Wyatt, and we'll uh, communicate that way. Now, this is not a fun or happy story. I just thought I'd make you aware, Roger. Listen to this. Um, And if y'all are listening and you know an update to the story about missing fishermen at Pickwick Lake, um, let me know if there's an update. I looked and I could not find an update. Listen to what happened. Now, this hits close to home for me when we're talking about, you know, fishing and tournament fishing and that kind of thing. And it also hits close to home for a lot of folks in central Mississippi and, you know, and in the Jackson Metro, people that do a lot of boating and fishing on Ross Barnett. Uh, in the Vicksburg area, people that actually, you know, yeah, they fish the watersheds and the oxbows, but they also get out on the river every now and then, which can be very dangerous. Certainly now, but anyway, here's the details. <clears throat> Over the weekend, apparently there was to be a high school bass fishing tournament. Now, side note, that is a sport that is growing. Wish I had had access to something like that when I was in high school 30 years ago, it would have been phenomenal, but it's fairly recent making, you know, it's a deal where actually like school sanctioned sports and representing your school can happen. They do it for college. You see it on TV. Some, it's a really neat thing. Bass fishing tournaments for high school kids, but three people are missing on Pickwick. Now this goes up into Tennessee. Now 
again, as I understand it, if you were to go up to Pickwick Dam, on one side of it, you ride through, you know, if you if you if you're on the east side of the dam, you're on Pickwick that goes all the way up to Wilson Dam in Florence, Alabama, which takes you through Mississippi. You know, Pickwick that everybody goes up to Iuka, Tishomingo County up that area. You put in at Pickwick and those places. On the Tennessee side is below the dam where the Tennessee River, uh, you know, runs into Pickwick Dam. So if you're on the west side of the dam, you're in Tennessee. I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have any details as to what launch or where this tournament was actually taking place. I just know that the kids that are missing are from Hardin County, Tennessee. All right. Or Obion County. I'm sorry. They're from Obion County, which is next to Hardin County. This is Tennessee. They had this tournament, and it's two 15-year-old kids, and one of them's uh, one of them is the father a 43-year-old chaperone, that's the father of one of the kids, three people in a boat. And the story goes that before the tournament up at Pickwick, on Saturday, they were having some engine trouble with their boat, so they did not launch it at the same time as the rest of the tournament field. And if you've ever gone to a tournament or familiar, you know, but if you haven't, what they do is generally... You know, they they launch all these boats. And if you've got, if you're going to start the tournament at daylight, if you've got 100 boats in it, then obviously they're not going to take off 100 at a time. They might do it in waves or something like that. I don't know. But if you got a tournament with, you know, I don't know, 25, 30, 35 boats, they're all just going to take off at once. They get ready to go, and here we go. We'll give you a number just kind of one at a time, but we're all going to pretty much take off at once. Well, this group of people did not take off at the same time because they were having engine trouble. One of the stories I read said that it was thought that they were not going to compete, but then later decided that they had figured something out and then attempted to launch the boat late and still compete in the tournament. But they never came back. They were within 24 hours, I believe, reported missing. Their truck and trailer with which they launched the boat was found. What's interesting about that is you go, well, if they launched the same place as everybody else, then of course their truck and trailer was found. It'd be right there next to all the other truck truck and trailers. It just didn't come back. Well, that's what's weird about this is apparently they went and launched somewhere else. Now, that is odd to me, but apparently that's what is reported to have happened. And the first, like you say, 24 hours or so, as recently as last night, I had not heard anything about them locating the boat. So you start thinking, well, did they crash? Or Because even if you had this terrible crash and parts of the boat broke up, a lot of it would float. Well, they found the boat today, here on Monday. So here's what part of the report says. It was below the dam. That's what I'm understanding, Roger, is it's below the dam on the other side, on the west side of Pickwick Dam. Two 15-year-olds, 43-year-old chaperone, they were having trouble with their bass boat's engine prior to the start of a fishing competition on Saturday. They were not able to start at the same time as the other competitors. It was initially believed that the three left for home 
But authorities told a news agency that they now believe the group went ahead and launched their boat in an attempt to compete. Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency said the three went out on the boat Saturday, but were not reported missing until 9 p.m. Sunday. And then the boat, they located the boat today on the Tennessee River. This is, they are from, I believe it's called Obion County High School. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what the... the Obion County Central High School. Central, yeah, okay. School officials reportedly notified late Sunday evening that the three people did not return from the weekend trip. Um, a woman with the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency said they and the Hardin County Fire Department resumed the search Monday near the Pickwick Dam after a temporary delay due to weather. Now, here's what we know. Really cold, right? Not. I don't think it got down... I'm not far from there. I don't think it got down to freezing or below freezing, but... I wonder what the water temp is. Well, see, that's the thing. If you're in the water, it's cold enough to kill you. But if you're not, I mean, I... And are they not? Are you not required in Tennessee to yes. wear life vests? If that things? boat is moving, certainly, if that engine is engaged, you got to have a life jacket on, according to the law. And I, heck, y'all, let me know. But I think maybe even according to it, if you're fishing in a tournament or on a big body of water, school rules, yeah, you've got to have it on. Um, I, I, again, some of those rules and stuff, I might be a little foggy on, but. The thing you got to me, wonder how he, three people got out of a boat. How they get out of the boat? Perfectly fine. Apparently. Roger, that's know. the thing. Why is, you know, okay, it says they attempted to compete in the tournament. No bass tournament that I have ever thought of or, or, or thought of that I've ever come in contact with or followed allowed a competitor to launch their boat at any other launch other than the one they're using for the tournament. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's was, strange was, to me. Now, is it said that they were known to have launched or were believed to have launched? By, I mean, do there, are there witnesses, I guess, in, your, in what you're seeing? Well, see, that's the thing. If they, It didn't specify where they found the truck and trailer. But if the boat was in the water, which they found it on the Tennessee River, then they launched the boat, and I guarantee you they found the truck and trailer at one of the boat ramps. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the boat's in the water. The truck and trailer are sitting out there on the in one of the parking spots at one of the ramps, but no people. So if in the story it says that they had engine trouble and they left for home, but apparently decided to stop and launch the boat to try to compete in the tournament. Well, again, I don't have any idea about the rules for this particular fishing tournament or circuit or whatever you want to call it, but that's strange to me. I hadn't been a part of any tournaments ever where they'd go, all right, see you later, and then you like get a cell phone call and say, well, we're going to launch down here at so-and-so boat ramp about 10 miles away, and we'll be there for the weigh-in. You know, that's that's a little strange to me. I Anything official, very seldom, if ever, would they allow something like that. If you're in the tournament officially, you got to launch the same place as everybody else. 
You got to be at the weigh-in at the same time as everybody else. If that you're some, I've seen that you haven't. According to the Fox 13 crew, the boat had been sucked under the dam. Oh Lord, that may be a clue to mm. how three people, even with vest on. So there is a report that says it was definitely sucked under the dam. It's according to uh, Fox 13 in Memphis. So That's, their their crew apparently has obtained this information that we don't have officials on record with. Okay, so he's starting to put it together now. You know, and engine trouble, fast moving water. If the water's you know, it, it, at times even when it's not flooded around. They open and shut those locks and water moves. In fact, you know, part of the thing, like at Pickwick, you catch fish when they're moving to water. And it goes. It, it, it's fast. But when it starts moving, that's when you catch them. Um, but if you don't have a trolling motor that'll handle it, or a big motor, certainly, it'll move you on down the river. And if, if they had trouble and were you know, fishing near a lock or a dam, you know, that what you hope is that they were stranded. Here they go, and they decided they got to swim for it, and they had life jackets enough to at least get out in the water and try to make it to the bank, I guess, um, is what you hope. And you hope that they did and that they're out walking around the woods somewhere or something. Um, yeah. But if, I mean, it just doesn't look good at this point because it's Monday. This all would have happened on Saturday. Whew. Terrible. Flowtown Ghost on the Country Pleasing text says the boat was found at 930 at one of the locks and dams uh, this morning. See, and I wonder which one it was. You know, because if we're talking about one other than Pickwick where they launched, I mean... Tim, uh, let's see, we got your text. Jason... Jason's from that Pickwick area, who's uh, one of our servicemen out in Flagstaff, Arizona. He says, engine trouble in that flooded river on the bad side of the dam. Water is rough over there as it is. Add flooding. He says, Matt, it sounds like those kids might have gotten knocked off the boat. That water has to be torrent right now. And high school kids aren't going to be ready for that. But that's the thing about it, Jason, is it's two 15-year-old kids and supposedly a 43-year-old father of one of them who was supposed to be their chaperone. I mean, you know, just have to get the... Below the dam at Pickwick is where they say the boat was found. So Okay, so if that... it's below the dam at Pickwick... And, and the, then the other report says it had been sucked okay. under there. Well, all right, if that's the case... Then, I mean, there are two scenarios. One, obviously, being Doomsday, where they are near that dam and lose control of the boat, can't get it started. Here they go. Water's fast, and it's pulling it. And, you know, it takes boat and people underneath and under, and that's it. Now, is um, there a high but, volume of water up there, like in, in our... I you would know, think reservoir there is. here. It's you know yeah. they're running as much out of there as they can. As they can. Yeah, I would yeah. think there is, but I mean, I can't what I'm see saying it. is that's a lot. The, the water has to come through more volume in the same place. Yeah, that means speed. That's right. 
And like Jason said, I've seen it before too, where I mean it is if you I'll put it this way, where if if you had a boat that wouldn't crank, you're in trouble. You know, now again, here's the other thing. Depending on where they were, if that thing got washed underneath the Pickwick Dam, if they had left the boat, it, I mean, that boat could go a long way and make it to Pickwick Dam and go under it and they find it on the other side. Uh-huh. Um, but with the people being missing, it just, you know, it just gives you a, a sinking feeling because here's the thing about it the water's going to be so cold. That if even with life jackets, if you had to get in the water, it's not going to take long. So, you know, I guess it's just a lesson right there of, you know, you can't live your life in fear. You got to get out and do and go, you know, and sometimes you're going to get out and do some fun things. That some people are going to tell you you're crazy, like skydiving, jumping out of airplanes. I think that's crazy, but some people do it for fun. It's their life. They can do what they want, but. When you're the adult, though, as a chaperone, I don't want to pile on because, yeah. But there's a certain responsibility that goes beyond what you might take for your own safety. I That's mean, exactly. You really right. have to go, you know, really take that responsibility. He should have never have gone out if that boat was at 100. percent That's right. If not for him, for those two kids. That's right. Or some way to communicate, and you know, being very, very cautious. You know, especially considering, you know, how much rain and how fast that water can move at times. Just a terrible story. I hope Safety it's a, first. I hope it's a miracle and they come walking up. But it sure sounds bad. But I found that couple they weren't expecting to find up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. What a big What a big one, he said. <clears throat> Here on this Reaction Monday. If you're just tuning in, we chatted a little bit with Jake Gotro, the hitting coach at Mississippi State, earlier in the show. And uh, that's available for you via podcast. So you can find the link on my Twitter feed. I'm at Radio Wyatt. It went out just a little while ago. You can also go to thezone1059.com. And uh, go to the on-demand section. You'll see it right there. One of the more, uh, you know, outside-the-box Monday shows we may have ever done. But I just have to tell you all, without going into detail, Roger alerted me to a story back during the um, commercial break that apparently there's a man out there who cut his own thumb off accidentally. He was a woodworker. He cut his thumb off, and he just got him to replace it with his big toe. Now... Listen. Give him quite a handshake, wouldn't it? <laughs> Here's the question. Now, this is the most Chris Brooks topic that has ever happened on my radio show, okay? But I would love to hear Beaver and Chris discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear Beaver's thoughts on just the simple question. If you were to cut your thumb off, would you rather just go without a thumb or have them put your big toe on there? 
the mean, guy in the, the guy in the story went four months <laughs> without a without a thumb and Roger, yeah, this cannot be real. I, I, I got this video and everything. It's on like a station out of what is it, Michigan? Can you imagine what it Carson looks like? Carson City. What it looks like when you give somebody a thumbs up? <laughs> Listen for a minute. Hold on, time out for a minute. My uh, I, my family members. They pick on me all the time because of the look of my feet. Oh, yeah. I get them a hobbit feet. No. I have long, skinny feet. I have, you know, I wear a size 15, so my foot's really big to begin with. But, like, they say that I don't have toes. I have toe fingers, so they call them tingers. They're like, out here, we're on the beach, you know. Here comes Matt with his big feet and tingers. Meaning my toes are long and skinny. So, like, my big toe on my hand probably would look okay. <laughs> but Roger said to me, <clears throat> excuse me a minute. Roger said to me, man, that'd be a weird-looking thumb if I put my toe on there. <laughs> I've been accused of having finger-like toes, too. <laughs> Hmm. So all I'm saying is this. I can't quite wrap him around a tree limb, though. If I cut my thumb off. Kind of hairy, carry moment. If I cut my thumb off. Hey. <laughs> hey, everybody. Did I put, Roger, you were you did, gone. You, did you great. were, you you were did gone great. when I put. But anyway, hey, if you cut your thumb off. If I, I cut heard my, that audio Friday. You great. did hear it. If I cut yeah. my thumb off, I'm leaving. Y'all ain't putting my toe on there. I'm just going without. That's all it is to it. Four fingers, man. I'd like to put like a little drill on there. Put the toe on there to replace the thumb. Come Maybe on. a Phillips head screwdriver. <laughs> Whether you could pop it out and you go flat flat on one a thumb. A Leatherman tool. That's exactly right. If I cut my thumb off, replace it with a Leatherman. Because A, it's practical. And B, it would be cool. Are you kidding me? Or, I mean, seriously. A flat. What Let me you? fix that seat for you. <laughs> sure, I could put a I could put a snap on there. Hey, you anybody know? anybody got a a corkscrew? Hold on just a minute. <laughs> I got my hand up. You got a corkscrew? Hmm. What you about have to an turn the bottle on that one? Anybody got uh, a little bitty, teeny, p tiny pair of scissors? <laughs> Allow me. Oh, it's the Swiss Army knife that has the toothpick, right? <laughs> Lord have mercy. He cut his thumb off and replaced it with his big toe. What are we doing? Remember, I told you that he was cre creating a, a gift for his then-girlfriend. Mm -hmm. After he lost the thumb, she wasn't interested. Yeah, said he was too high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to get you a beer. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me ask you this. He slams it in the car door. Does he jam his finger or stub his toe? Which is it? I'm just telling you right now. Probably wouldn't have any time getting a ride, though. The man <laughs> cut his thumb it. off and replaced it with his big toe. That doesn't make any sense. It has to be a fake story. Nobody's getting their big toe cut off. You can I mean, of all the toes you have in terms of walking and balance, 
the big toe is the most important. This can't be a real story. Where did this come from, Roger? The Onion? This came from WKRN.com. <laughs> Not KRP. That's the next station. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yep. Look, he says it's a real story. December 6th it was posted. What did he, what did he get him for Christmas a month later? pair of slippers gloves or socks what do you get a man <laughs> what do you get a man who has a toe for a thumb <laughs> i'm having way too much fun with this <laughs> speaking of hands listen to this roger another talking point regarding potential number one overall pick joe burrow surfaced when his measurements were taken on monday morning today at the nfl combine in indianapolis Let me just put it this way, boys and girls. Beaver, if you're listening, wherever you are. Joe Burrow does not have banana hands. Burrow's hand size was measured at 9 inches. Source confirmed to ESPN. The length from the pinky to the thumb. Tied for the smallest among first-round quarterbacks measured at the Combine since 2008. Ryan Tannehill and Jared Goff. Two first-round quarterbacks, both starters in the NFL. One of them played in the Super Bowl. But the smallest hands recorded at the NFL Combine since they've been measuring that. Joe Burrow, itty-bitty hands as well. Marco Rubio said, don't don't let it bother you. Why? He got little bitty hands too? That's what, that's what Trump accused him oh, of. Oh, yeah. Have a little baby hands. A little Marco. <laughs> a little Marco. <laughs> Trump. Hey, so we measured mine. I have 11. I would have some of the uh, bigger hands ever measured at the combine. I never had an issue holding on to the ball or anything like that. And it's always been that way. Just always had really big hands, long fingers. Um, I always enjoyed when we go to the ball game. We're getting ready to play on a Friday night in high school or something. I wanted it to rain because I could throw it and the other guy couldn't every time. But so so mine would be some of the larger hands really ever at the combine from one to the other. To put that in perspective, what I'm saying to you is it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ask me how many NFL games I played. Exactly. This man won a Heisman. He's going to be just fine. Jared Goff led the Rams to the Super Bowl with nine inch hands. But, buddy, it is underwear season in the NFL. We got the combine. People get measured today. You're going to see the workouts later in the week, the 40-yard dash times and height and weight. We're going to make a huge deal out of all this stuff, including the hand size of quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes could be one of the best that ever played, and he's already got an MVP and a Super Bowl. Nine in, nine and seven tenths inches. You're telling me seven tenths makes that big of a difference? You're gonna dock Joe Burrow because he's got nine inch hands? Get this stuff out of here, man. Way too much hand talk. We'll try to come up with another handy topic. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a hoot. <laughs> Picking up your sarcasm, Brooks. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Back on the show. Today, for me, early this morning, today got off to an inauspicious start. Not auspicious, but inauspicious. When I realized I was out of coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, highpointroasters.com, I was out. Used it up. Ground the last bean yesterday. And I was like, oh, no. And for coffee this morning at breakfast at around 5 a.m., I had to settle for a bag of some grocery store brand stuff that uh, I had. But after I dropped my daughter off at school, you know, I live in Tupelo. I went into the Strange Brew Coffee House, same ownership, same name and everything as the famous one there in Starkville. And they have their own packaged brand of coffee beans and ground coffee and everything there. And guess where it comes from, Roger? High Point. Bingo! (laughs) High Point Roasters in New Albany. And so I brought it home, made me a little more before the show. Sipping on it right now. Well, I, I'm telling you, I caught some kind of cold or some kind of crud yesterday at that baseball game in Starkville. And it was not that cold. It was just chilly. But when I got out of the car in the parking lot, I was like, I don't need the big coat. So once I got up to the booth, I was chilly the whole game. And doggone if I didn't catch something. Don't they have, I mean, the windows open or something? Yeah, it's or? open. You have to keep them open during a broadcast. Or it'll steam up or what? Well, I don't know. I mean... The truth about it is, Roger, they have some giant heaters in the ceiling of that broadcast booth where even when the window's open, it still kind of keeps it a little warmer in there. And if those things are going and you shut that window, it'll turn into a sauna real quick. Oh. Yeah. But you keep it up during a game and all because you don't want the windows getting busted out. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? Got you. Well, that did happen uh, yeah. once. That's right. Last, yeah. Last year or so ago? Last year, yeah. Down in the the uh, the other press box down the third baseline. And we have a net in front of us behind home plate in the broadcast booth, but there is room for one if it's just hit at just the right angle at just the right speed. It could get over that net maybe come back there. So. I'd rather hit one of the announcers than the glass. Yeah, than the glass, right. Announcers are you know, we're replaceable. Easier to find. Although I really, man, I tell you, I just want – I would love so bad – to be like regularly broadcasting in a booth in a stadium where you're constantly getting foul balls like some of the old major league stadiums used to be because you know Harry Carey there at Wrigley used to always keep a net a fishing net with him. <laughs> Do you know that? No. Yeah, dip net like he used to, you know, like you're going to net a fish when you catch it. He kept one with him just in case. He'd reach out there and snag a ball every now and then. <laughs> oh, so he, he he was good. He could catch him in that thing. Yeah, you know when he was younger. And then as he got older, he was always smashed during the broadcast, and he'd see four baseballs coming at him, not one. He didn't know which one to catch. (laughs) Hey! Hey, now, Ken, we all know that the moon is not made of green cheese. (laughs) Yes, that's true, Harry. But but what if it were made of barbecue spare rib? Would you eat it then? (laughs) What? I know I would. Heck, I'd have seconds. (laughs) And then... Then polish it off with a tall, cool Budweiser. <laughs> I would do it. Yeah, yeah. Would you? 
I'm confused. It's a simple question, Doctor. <laughs> Would you eat the moon if it were made of ribs? <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't know how to answer that. To it's it. not rocket science. Just say yes and we'll move on. <laughs> yes. Hey! <laughs> how about this mad cow disease? What about it? Well, it was here for a while, then it went away. Your thoughts. <laughs> now, that's kind of uh, sounds like you nowadays, Roger. I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all, listen, I'm going to tell you something about Roger. This man is obsessed with the coronavirus. <laughs> I can't get on this connection a single day without Roger talking to me about the coronavirus. It's coming, man. <laughs> See what I mean? Roger. You the prophet are has never loved in his own hometown. You are convinced that we're all getting the coronavirus. I don't think we'll die, but we're probably going to get it. <laughs> See? <He's, laughs> I'm telling y'all, he's obsessed with it. Well, they're putting an express lane in from China. Come on home, y'all. You're sick, no problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope a, I'm wrong. I do, too. Uh, Roger, I got news for you. You're wrong. Call me a doubter, but I think you're wrong. You don't think we're going to see it here, huh? Well, we've already seen it here. You know, the stock market in, uh, like what plunged like 500 points. I saw that. Well, it's a real thing. But you and, you, and Gator Man, you and Gator Man need to just get a table for dinner about three nights a week <laughs> and just talk about the coronavirus for hours with each other and just get it out of your system. Get over it. Talk each other through it. I'm, I'm reading between the lines. Matt does not need the Corona update. All right. All right. I'll get me some new material for you. Well, look, when it's, gets, I'll, when I'll it get gets, some box scores from baseball. Yeah. Well, I got those when it gets close, then tell me. Okay. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Here's an Tennessee, up, by the way. Um, I got to go back in history for a moment here. Um, on this day in uh, baseball history. It was actually just a few years ago. This would have been like, what, 2012, maybe? It might have been more like 14. I'm going to look it up. Anyway, this has to do with a, with a terrible, terrible accident at a baseball game. This is 2010. I was, I was off. This goes back to 2010. On this day in 2010, a Kansas man who sat six rows behind the third base dugout fouled a lawsuit against the Royals because he was hit in the eye by a hot dog thrown by Slugger, the mascot for the Royals, the team's mascot. Now, the lawsuit that he filed on this day in 2010, he's asking for $25,000 in damages for injuries caused by the Flying Frank. <laughs> this is a hot dog, which includes a detached retina and the development of cataracts in his left eye. They were firing hot dogs out of a cannon. The mascot was. Hit this man in the eye. And he said, detached retina, cataracts, want $25,000. Now, sued him. Seems fair. Five years later, five years. Years later, how many dollars were spent on uh, attorney invoices 
in those five years before Royals mascot Slugger with three R's was cleared of wrongdoing in the hot dog accident. I can't believe that. A hot dog launched from an air cannon turned into a civil suit after fans suffered a detached retina. But the mascot involved in the incident has been cleared. Royal Slugger was cleared of wrongdoing. Happened back in 2009. He filed suit in 2010. The guy's name was John Krumer. He wanted $25,000. Hit in the eye with a flying Frank. <laughs> uh, an errant dog. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> So he was definitively hit in the eye with a projectile launched from the set air cannon. Quote, quote, I was injured at the game by their hand, and I was hoping that I could at least get my medical expenses taken care of. The verdict disappointed him, especially since his injury has generated about $16,000 in medical expenses. Here's what the case said. Major League Baseball clubs warn fans at the ballpark that balls and bats can enter the stands and be dangerous. Parks have signs with warnings. There's one printed on the actual ticket. Now, Beware no. Of flying Franks? That, no, there aren't specific warnings for flying hot dogs. But you mean the, the, the audience should anticipate being fired upon with a cannon? With a hot dog cannon. Now, the guy who was the mascot, he was inside the suit for a decade. He told reporters that he had met with his boss prior to the thing to discuss the whole technique. Yeah. He previously met with his boss regarding the whole thing. Okay. Was there a sponsor? And the boss had wanted to see, quote, more arc (laughs) (laughs) on some of the throws, depending on how far away the fans were. Mascot, the guy, his name is Byron. He agreed. Yeah, then the, it would have a down trajectory, which you'd think would be less likely to injure. Yeah. Well, see, what happened was this particular hot dog throw that hit the guy in the eye and busted his eye, $16,000 worth of eye injuries, this was the result of a, quote, no-look-behind-the-back throw. <laughs> Lord have oh. mercy on my soul, man. And and there's no – was there a sponsor to that? Like, was it like Oscar Mayer or somebody? Right. <laughs> I'd no. say the deep pockets. The deep pockets. And look, the guy. it's not like the guy was trying to, like – what do you – extortion? It's not like he was trying to extort the Royals. He simply said – my bills are like sixteen thousand. I want twenty five thousand to cover my bills. It's not like he did, you know, two point five million like people do, and they still ruled against him. That's always go. the appeal. Well, look, hey, a word to the wise: if you go to a game, you go to a minor league game, a major league game, if you go to a college game, keep your head peeled. If that eyes peeled, if that ball or bat hits you, it's on you. All right. They'll peel you peel your eyes for Exactly. You. All right. See y'all tomorrow. See ya. You've been listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.